FIBA hangover. That's what we're going to call it this year, bro. It's a FIBA hangover. Um, it's harsh, man. But it's I'm digging it, dude. We're um, eyeing the season coming up about a month now. Sure thing. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels like we're entering the summer, not like the summer is ending. And because that's just because FIBA gave us so much to look forward to, so much to enjoy, um, so many haters to pick up, a lot of ant lovers now that have shrunk away. No, no more ant lovers stepping up Sorry, to the guys. plate. <laughs> but you know, the Shea support is at an all-time high. Um, As I'm digging what we saw from Giddy. Uh, Giddy really, really, really let that the whole world know that his time is now, and it's going to last for a long time. I agree, man. Like, I, I guess that's where I get excited about Shea, Dor, Josh. Um, you know, even Bertans, um, you got Usman Jang, you got all these guys that really have made Oklahoma city into what we consider the globalized game. And we've talked about a lot on here we is do. this game is, is changing in such a way that it's no longer the U S leading the way it's, it's who, you know, who has these, these players from other, um, teams that are making them good and who has good players from different countries. And man, it's, it's so many different reasons that this has turned into a globalized game. But for me, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm recognizing that Sam Presti has done a great job at putting a, a beautiful um, melting pot in Oklahoma and making it into this, this amazing place where people are coming from all over you know, the world and saying, hey, I want to watch Poku play, right? I want to watch uh, you know, uh, uh, Shay. I want to watch Dort. I want to watch their favorite players. And they're coming from everywhere, man. And it's so powerful because you, you see this and people are starting to like back in the old days, you know, everybody would take those um, 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 sabbaticals of, of trips, you know, where they would just go and um, what up, Jared? What up, Corey? Yeah, I forget what they would call them, but they would go out on these like big old trips. Right. And they would take a couple months out of their um, you know, time. And now you're looking at what turned into Oklahoma City and people are doing that here in Oklahoma City more so than I've ever seen. And it's going to keep on growing like that. And. I like that, man, because to me, it's it's the exact thing that I want to bring up in this episode. It's the global footprint print of Oklahoma City, man. You know, we've we've spent some time building this idea of what's happening in Oklahoma City is is different than anything else we've ever seen before. And when you start recognizing what's happening, it's it's powerful, man. It is. It's it's something that you look at with a guy like Nikola Jokic, the Joker, man. Like, sure, man. Second round pick. All the way to MVP. You see it with Giannis. You see it with Embiid. Like talent, True. talent comes from everywhere now. And You're absolutely right. If you can channel that and you can understand that it's going to come, then maybe you end up with a player like Poku or Michich, who, looking at them on paper, you're like 195 pounds for Poku. Sure. Like what the fuck is that shit? Like he'll never be play in the NBA. But then all of a sudden you watch the the beauty of the game that is played in Serbia, hmm. and you're like, oh. I see where Poku comes from. I, I see why that matters. You say Josh Giddy, he can't pass, he can't dribble, he can't shoot, he can't run, he can't tie his shoes, he can't get out of his bed, can't t- he can't make his own bed. Like he needs sure. his mom to do all that stuff. I think that's what the scouting report said, right? And then all of a sudden, here he comes, and it's like, yo, he plays a style of game that is not what we are used to in college basketball. So we discount him. He falls to the sixth pick, and he's clearly clearly either the number one or number two pick in that draft sure based on talent sure but we use our own like prejudices and we 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 don't see 
talent because it's, well, it's not from the United States and we're just used to the United States being the, the place where talent comes. Who would have thought that the best player in the NBA would have called, came from Hamilton, Canada? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, dude. And not, not me. Yeah. Well, you said it, you said, uh, which is great that you said this was uh, talking about Serbia and, and the, the advantage that they have with the you know, coaching staffs and stuff like that. But that's the truth, man. It's the tactical advantage. I mean, let's just be honest. Like these, uh, for the first time in the NBA, tactical advantages are with other teams and other coaches. These, these players are learning at a higher level than here in America for the first time. And it's beautiful because it, it, it's turned into where teams are looking at their roster. And if they don't have six guys that are international players, they're in trouble, you know? And it's like, wait, six guys? Like, no, I mean, that's what's going on. You, the best teams in the league are going to have eight to 10 guys that are from, um, that are international players because that's where the game is going. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue to grow like that. And yes, there's going to be great American players that are becoming out, but it's going to be a whole lot harder for Americans to get in those top spots like they, it used to be. You yeah, know, when's the last time in America won an MVP? Yeah, you, like it's no longer a talent gap. And then there's no longer a coaching gap. The tactical advantage to being an American basketball player is no longer there. It's, it's with other countries. You saw it with Serbia. You saw it with Canada. You're seeing these coaching schemes and coaching ideas in Lat- Latvia and, and, and it's like in Germany. And it's like, okay, you know, teams are out there destroying us. The tactical advantage is no longer in America. And that's what Sam Presti has been able to see. And yes, I'm being hard on American basketball, but that's just because it's what we see here Listen, in bro, Oklahoma City. If, Amer- if the American game was just like stagnant, fine. But it's actually great. I love the guys like Harden, KD, LeBron. I love these guys. I think they're great. But it just happens that the, the international game also has great players. And when you mix it all together, you get a better product. Yeah. You just, you just flat out do. I mean, sure. and we're just talking about pure product. But when you start talking yeah. about a globalized product, like a game where every single three that Poku hits, like people in Serbia are getting excited about and they're retweeting. And every single time Micic gets out on the court, it matters to people in different communities. And every single time all these guys are successful. I mean, think about the impact that Shea and Dort had on, you know, bringing the first medal to Canada, like since the thirties, like I feel like in, in basketball, I feel like it's so important for us to really take an understanding of like, like these guys are still in their early twenties. Hmm. Like we didn't really have a sense of like Michael Jordan's impact until sure. he was into his late thirties. And I don't like always bringing him up, but I think, you know, I heard it on JJ Reddick's podcast. He was talking about like when these guys put on their international uniform, they turn into Michael Jordan for their country. Hmm. Um, like Bogdanovich for Serbia, <laughs> like Schroeder for yep. Germany. It's like, like each one of them played like games that you, we never saw them play in the NBA and that level of the fact that they play like that, but not just that, like for the fans of their countries, they are in fact, Michael Jordan. That's it, bro. The, for the fans of their country. And man, it's the, it's the engagement. It's the um, audience engagement, bro. Right? Exactly, Jared. It's the impact that's having, okay? If you think about it, like when a, when a player goes out there, it, we know more than anybody, bro, right? Let's go back to being in a, you know, a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, and we're watching the New York Knicks play. And John Starkton goes and dunks on Jordan. What was the first thing that we wanted to go do? Buy John Stockton jerseys. John Starks? 
John Starks. John Stockton <laughs> was flying. John Stockton, yeah. John Starks. John, dunked on Jordan. First thing we want to do is go buy um, Starks jerseys. That's all we wanted to do. That is is passed on globally. Like, Poku's going to go out there. Poku's going to go do something crazy. Let's say LeBron comes down at the very end of the game. You know, it's uh, game seven, right? And LeBron comes flying down the lane. And Chet's fouled out. And Poku steps up and blocks LeBron to win the game. Are you telling me that there's not going to be half a million Serbians that are going to be like, I want Poku's jersey? <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, this impact... All right. And the, the audience engagement, it echoes way greater than just in the stadium. It's no longer just in the stadium and just in the state. There's this echo that happens and it's like, and it goes, bam. And next thing you know is Poku has a top 10 jersey, um, um, sold jersey in the NBA. And everybody's like, how did Poku get a top 10 sale? Well, guess why? It's because it's not measured by the United States sales anymore. Oh. And that's the beautiful thing about what's happening. You know, I think a lot of times we kind of focus on like, well, like the benefit we'll get and the, maybe the benefit they'll get. But sometimes what we kind of forget about is like, like w- the fact that basketball is a game that brings people together. Oh my and God, yes. when like, when yes. we can all share the game, like a game against, you know, Canada versus Serbia or Australia versus Germany or like whatever the games are. And we're all sitting there sh- having a shared experience. So even though they're different sides of different teams, it means a lot. Mm. And then all of a sudden we share stories and we can have more shared history. And then even in the locker rooms, like these players on different teams face off, we were hoping to get to see Shea versus Giddy, you know, mm. um, we didn't get to see that, but those things matter. Like teammates playing against each other, from different angles because they're representing different countries. That's something that we're going to get very used to with the thunder and the fans will unite over that. Obviously we united with a lot of Australian fans and Canadian fans. Hmm. And then we'll go back to, you know, fighting against each other, but Why it won't be the same because having cheered for the same players on the same team, like Dylan Brooks, isn't going to hmm. try to hurt Shay. I, I can tell you that right now. He might b- pull some bullshit on everybody else in the NBA, sure. but those team Canada guys, they're his brothers. man. 100%. I mean, I, you know, I, I think about this a lot, you know, I I think about when I was young and watching, you know, hoops and and getting to meet some of the greatest hoopers of all time. And I I dreamed of playing in the NBA, right? I mean, there's no chance that a six foot three white guy was going to make the NBA that, you know, could barely jump. Right. But I still dreamed it. I think that's what's so powerful, what's happening with this whole team, bro. This whole team from all these different countries, they're having this opportunity to dream. They're having this opportunity to think that, hey, I got an opportunity to play in the NBA sometime. You know, like, unlike anything else in, in, in we've ever seen before. And, and you look at the game and how it's changing. What is it changing into? It's changing into a game where people take care of the ball. It's super high-paced, fast, 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 right? Shooting threes, getting up and down the court, and getting to the hole. Like, this is so different than the last 20 years of basketball. It's truly spectacular. And, and if you're not there, and if you're not understanding where it's going, that's where you get left behind. And that's why, to me, I'm looking at this team, and I cannot help but wonder, like, is this the year? Is this the year that everybody is just shocked that Oklahoma City did something different? Because to me, what better way of saying, fuck you, to KD? 
Fuck you to Russ. Fuck you to Harden. Fuck you to all you other guys that have come in here and said, I only wanted to go to Oklahoma City because I, it was a pit stop to go someplace else. Because guess what? In the 90s, when everybody was like, no, nah, you don't want to go to Chicago. You know, the 80s, people are like, Chicago is like, no, nah, man, don't go to Chicago to play hoops. That's the, the shit. You know, don't do that. Right? What happened? Michael Jordan changed that narrative. And that's what's happening here in Oklahoma City is that this expectation that there could be something special here, right? I want to take that expectations up. There could be. I just want to say there is something special here in Oklahoma City. And whether or not you guys believe me, like Mark and I or not, we don't give a shit. What we give a shit about is understanding is that people that want to believe have a place to believe because there's no other Oklahoma City Thunder podcast out there that's saying the Oklahoma City Thunder could win this year. There's none. And why are we saying that? It's because we're understanding where this team is at. We get the global footprint where this team is at. We understand where this team is going. And at what point are we going to all buy in and say, this team can win it? Why can't it be this year? There's no reason, bro. And for me, it comes down to one basic idea, which is like improvement isn't linear and there isn't limitations to where talent comes from. So. Go get a player like Poku, who might take a different path, understanding that there's so much more to it than just the, the time that you meet him. Oh, you yeah. Know, that's something that I've always appreciated probably the most about Sam Presti. Sure. Um, it was the first time I, I think I realized that like you need to really pay attention to what he's doing and then ask yourself why. And um, because he, he says it so often, but he says... The goal is to see things for the way they will be and not for the way they are. And if you can see the way they will be, then you can find Russ out of uh, a seemingly crowded draft. You can see James Harden, even though some people thought he was picked too early. Hmm. You can find Serge Ibaka. And you have the guts to pick Poku. Bro, um, Mark, Mark wrote this to me last night, and I want to give a huge shout out because Mark writes inspiring shit to me all the time. But this one right here really helped me understand. He says to me, he says, um, believe in it because it's not just a narrative of what we believe. It's a testament of how globalized sports have become and how it brings people together, regardless of the borders. The Oklahoma City Thunder, with its globalized footprint, is truly a team of the world and we will win a championship and that's all i gotta say because that's where we're at man dude i believe tomorrow guys i believe that basketball is a universal language Hmm. and i believe in cultural diversity and i think when you combine those two things we're going to live in a more beautiful universe and a beautiful world so i'm glad everybody joins us and we'll see you guys next time